And welcome to the Hometown Headlines podcast. This is John Druckenmiller with HometownHeadlines.com. Thanking you for joining us today. A lot happening in our community, a lot happening right now, a lot coming up. We are joined by somebody who seems to have her hand on the pulse of Northwest Georgia. Anything happening out there. And she is, we'll use her first title. How about Rome City Commissioner Wendy Davis? I love that com- title. I'm honored to have it. Well, you've done a great job with that as well. But you're also, tell us about other things you do. you got a very eclectic, you have a business card that needs to have what we used to call in newspapers, jump. you got to turn the card over because you have so many titles. Right. And it, you'd think that I was one of those young people trying to collect titles to, to boost my resume, as many as I seem to have gathered. But I promise I'm not trying to collect titles. But I am... Uh, my actual job job is, uh, in addition to being a city commissioner, is I produce telephone town hall events for a company called Vocalfy. And I work all across North America, um, helping people connect with either members of their organization or voters or constituents or potential supporters. And I actually, we're just expanding into Europe. So that's kind of exciting. Oh, now, are you going to Europe as part of this? I tried to tell my boss that they really needed me on the ground there to make sure everything started off right. And uh, he hasn't been convinced of that yet. But uh, but it was kind of fun. I was in Taiwan recently, and I did uh, an event back on the West Coast of the U.S. It was kind of a, oh, cool. a crazy day. Crazy that's day. Cool. So, in your spare time, right? In my spare time, right. And then also as a volunteer, I'm very active with the Democratic Party, as you probably know. Uh, and I have worked my way up to being a member of the Democratic National Committee. So uh, the this national. This is the big one. This is the national. Yeah, one, folks. that's that's the national folks. I'm also on another national group. There's a group called the Democratic Municipal Officials, and I'm on their national board, and I chair our political council um, because I am a political consultant, right? Political strategist, and um, I have been campaigning since. 1989 was my first professional campaign, and um, so I sort of hung up the cleats, if you will, on uh, working on campaigns uh, in 2010 after I did David Poitras's campaign for governor. So um, just a few things on my plate. And again, in fact, one of those campaigns, by the way, if anybody goes to the uh, State Mutual Stadium, I believe your handprints are on that as well. Well, um, they are. Uh, In 2001, I was honored to be a part of the team that uh, led the campaign to pass the 2011, gosh, 2001, sorry, the 2001 SPLOST. So think about it. We had this community tax themselves uh, in November of 2001 after all the chaos and turmoil and strangeness that was September 11th, right? And after that, we had to sort of regroup and uh, convince people that this luxury was something worth taxing ourselves and our visitors to this community for. And I feel like that's been a a great uh, splost investment, a great investment in our community. And I happen to have also been a longtime season ticket holder. And it's my way of trying to make sure that I do something besides work all the time. I just say in your (laughs) spare time as well. Well, Wendy is here today. Join us. We are at Brand Red Studios, as always, Todd LaBarge, helping produce us, making us sound more important. No, not me more important. Make me sound more important. Wendy, you are important in there. Glad to have you on board here. Uh, one of your pet causes, other than your dog, is the 2020 census, which is getting huge headlines right now about what's included, what's not included. Uh, tell, and folks kind of say, oh, yeah, it's just that. You sit, get the form comes in, check, 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 put it back in the mail, all set and done. That is such an issue with me. This thing is so important. It involves how much money this community gets from the federal government and other areas as well. It's got many levels to it. That's why you're so busy working on this. Tell us why census is important. Well, the census is important for a lot of reasons. First of all, it is um, 
a, a mandate in our constitution, right? <laughs> that every 10 years we count the people in our country. And then from that count comes all kinds of other things, right? So first of all, you think about there are 435 members of Congress. So those 435 folks are distributed across all 50 states based on population, right? So the past couple of times we've added a congressional district. Uh, There is a chance we could add another congressional district after this count. Um, But the important thing, too, is every time somebody gains one, that means somebody else loses one, Mm -hmm. right? Like So that count determines which states get how many members of Congress, which matter, right? Let's think of that also, the number of electoral votes and why that matters, right? Because your electoral votes are based on how many members of Congress plus your two senators. So that's a part of it. Then also all the political subdivisions in our state are based on that. If you get more local, it doesn't change how our county commissioners or city commissioners are elected or any of the countywide offices, but you think about that splost we just talked about. Every time you've come together and you figure out what your formula is for the SPLOST, it's based on the population. How much of the population is the city of Rome? How much is unincorporated Floyd County? How much is in the city of Cave Spring? So counting those numbers, and all we want is an accurate count. But it's so easy to have an undercount and for people to be missed. And then there's huge financial implications. Like last night, the Talatuna folks were in at caucus telling us about the great programs. And he talked about 98% of the dollars that they get are federal dollars. Oh, wow. And those federal dollars are sent to this community based on the size of our community. Right? So uh, those numbers matter. Those matter in terms of the community development block grants. Uh, I was talking to a friend who works for Northwest Georgia Regional Commission, and she said after the last census, when our numbers dropped um, compared to what they were expecting them to be, we actually lost job training staff, Mm. right? Because they moved them to a different area that had a growing population as opposed to our population, which was sort of uh, about the same. So um, it's really important to me about the money. But really, it's important to me about just the principle of it. I want to know how many people are in our community and make sure we're get what we deserve, right? We all send our money up to Washington with the taxes we pay on all kinds of things. And we want to make sure that our community gets back our fair share. And I'm happy to talk more about what those dollars look like because it's very significant. No, no, please do. I mean, that's that's, that's important. I don't think people understand that how you want, you know, you want everybody counted because this, that's again, that's how you're right. We're paying, we're writing that check every April 15th or some of us on a quarterly basis. Well, when we get whatever back, let's get our fair share back. And if we don't have enough bodies counted, we're losing money. Right. So um, the Georgia Municipal Association, right, which is the organization that of city officials, right, their staff uh, did some really good number crunching and came up with a figure based on how many federal dollars come into the state and how the divided by our pop, our current population. And the figure they came up was about $2,300 a person. Wow. Right. So you're like, ah, $2,300 if you miss that out of the budget or out of this program, not significant. Well, that's for one year. Just multiply that by the 10 years. Those numbers are locked in for 10 years. Right. So that's $2,300 for 10 years. So doing the math a little bit, if we undercount 44 people, right, like 44 babies and people in a nursing home or people in prison or college students who think they're supposed to be counted back home with mom and dad. If you're sleeping here, we count you here, right? If we miss 44 of them over a 10-year period, that's over a million dollars wow. that our community doesn't get. So think about just 218, that's $5 million over the 10 years. 
435, that's $10 million. It's a million dollars a year. Wow. And, uh, and that's significant. And again, this is not about raising taxes or what your tax rates are. That's about the federal money that's coming down to our community that won't come here if our numbers aren't accurate. So how do we get a better count in 2020? Well, we're going to start with a complete count committee, right? And we're putting that together. And in my mind, that's just a steering committee. It's a starting point. We have to be, and I don't know if you want to talk about the the mess of the politics of the census, but we have, we will get into that. But the, the important part is we have to be reaching to the people who are trusted voices, Right. There are people who will respond better hearing from you than they would hearing from me. Right. We're probably a a similar group of people who would listen to us and say, yeah, I agree that it's important. But there are other people in the community who need to hear from their neighbor. Right. Not just somebody down the street. Uh, There are. um, So we want the education communities involved. We want all the community groups involved. Uh, The undercount typically is like you would expect in the poorer areas, right? My worry is our rural areas of our county, right? In terms of the politics, everywhere you look on the political spectrum, somebody has a reason to be mad at the government, right? You have people on the left who are mad about whether we're including the question or not. And there are people on the right who are mad about whether we're including the citizenship question or not too, right? Probably different reasons they're mad, but they're still mad. You have a lot of people who are like, why should I tell the government anything about it? And you have most people who are just like, mm, yeah, who's got time for that? Right? So I have an idea. Let's put census on Facebook. We tell everybody else everything on Facebook. Let's put census on there. I plan to put census all over Facebook. So let's, I don't know when we have to take a break. So so let's talk about what's different about the census this time. Okay. So folks who are used to it, right? And some folks have never participated in a census before, right? But the folks who are used to it, they got a form in the mail. It's about 10 questions. Like you said, you fill it out. Somebody in your family fills it out for your family. And then you put it back in the mail, right? It's postage paid or Simple, done. Maybe somebody reminds you, somebody tells you why it's important, how much money comes, but you just sort of do it, right? And in the past, our community has been at a rate of about 75% of the people just voluntarily turn it back in, right? The state average last time was 72%. 25% of our population walked away from us? Well, then they had to be chased down, right? Like you think about the census takers, and we'll talk about how many jobs they're hiring here, too. Think about them come knocking on your door and ask you to do it. Well, sorry, here, I'm not really excited about people getting a good response when they knock on people's door and say, we're from the government here to count you, right? There are a lot of reasons to be worried. But the biggest reason is they're not sending you a form this year. They're sending you an next year. They're sending you an invitation to go online or to make a phone call to participate. So somebody like the three of us in this room, sure, I'll go online and do it, or I'll grab my smartphone and do it, or I'll pick up my phone at home and call the 800 number and press one for this and two for that and do it, right? But there are a lot of people who don't have internet access or who aren't comfortable doing it, right? So there are a lot of downsides to that kind of change, and I'm really worried because of those downsides, but here are the upsides. That means any of us can go anywhere with our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop, a desktop, a plain old phone, a rotary phone, and we can encourage people to participate, right? So I want us to get organized enough now so that next March and April, we're at where the, they pay their water bill. I want to have it at the ballpark, 
right? If you're no, sitting near me, idea. you're going to come, you're going to fill out your dang census, right? The colleges should have it, you know, in the dorm rooms, in the student center, every place, make sure we're communicating why it's important and why folks should participate. When you go into the library and use the computer lab there, I want to talk them into the first thing when that computer boots up, what you see on the screen is, have you participated in the census yet? Good idea. But it's going to take a lot of people getting organized. I think we should have like maybe contests between churches, right? Like which choir got everybody to do the census fastest or whatever. Um, One of the ladies who's been doing, I think this is her fourth census. She's talking about, you know, trying to get folks to give you things so you can do giveaways, right? Or raffles and uh, just whatever it takes. Um, But it's mostly about having a trusted voice. And so it's going to take a lot of voices to make sure we're reaching everybody. You don't have much time. We're looking at what? We're here. We are start of July, so we're looking at coming up next. You said next March, April. Yeah. So April one is sort of the the date that you're that you're supposed to. So they're going to send the invitations mid March, right? And you can go ahead and start participating before April first. But then I think it's April first to the end of May when they're sort of give you the chance for you to sort of voluntarily participate and then they'll start sending people to the doors where they haven't participated. So the great news is I feel very confident that our team um, of the city and county planning department has done a good job communicating with census. So they have all the addresses for where we think people live, right? Uh, There also is another separate team that handles counting homeless folks. Can we get Artegas himself knocking on someone's door? Well, Mr. New will go out and say, um, I don't know that he's going to be doing that, but he yet. might. Like he's he's one He'd of be our great leaders. At it. He's, got he's a great one of the his... leaders in this process, and Good. he absolutely understands how critical this count is to our community, and he's doing everything he can to help. I think make he sure would do a, a masterful job of that for Darcy and that whole department. By the way, I think I'm very impressed by that whole planning department over there as well. Winnie Davis is here as city commissioner also. She is an advocate for the 2020 census coming up. Just explain to us. I mean, when you start putting those numbers together, not just one person missed, but, I mean, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. That money that is due to our community, all you got to do is fill out a form, you know, do whatever to get that money coming back. It's all good stuff. We'll take a break, come back and talk to Wendy. Maybe a little bit more about the census, a little bit more about uh, about what's happening with city government as well. We have a huge election. Forget April. We got November coming up here. That's a big thing as well. We'll talk more about that with Wendy after the break. This is the Hometown Headlines Podcast Edition. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Hometown Headlines podcast. Here's from John Druckermiller with you from hometownheadlines.com. As always, Todd LaBarge producing, making us sound wonderful here and also sounding very wonderful. We are joined again by City Commissioner Wendy Davis, again, the strong advocate this year and next year with the U.S. Census, the 2020 Census, just around the corner there. Wendy, we talked a lot about that in the last segment. What's important about this also is that to make sure we do this right, there are plenty of jobs available, I guess, part-time, full-time? Well, um, a mix of them, okay. right? So uh, the other thing they're doing differently this time is they're not having uh, offices out in the states, uh, right? Atlanta has a regional office for the southeast, but before we've had like a physical office here in Rome. 
So again, the downside of that is there's not a place where somebody can go and find the person to fill out the form, right, if they need help. But the good thing is it means there are a lot of people who can have jobs working from home, right, which gives them a lot of flexibility. So a lot of them are part-time jobs. Some of them are full-time jobs managing those part-time folks. Some of them are doing data, and they never have to go knock on somebody's door. But a lot of them are about knocking on doors, right? So in addition to the volunteers, where I hope we'll have hundreds of volunteers, we're actually going to have as many as 200 people from our community hired for the census. That's great. And these are great jobs. These are like, I think they start at $13 an hour and go up to like $20 an hour. So those are great jobs for this community. Again, they're not longer than a year, right? They'll actually go into the summer and the fall of next year. But mm-hmm. still, it's it's a good job. And so if folks are interested, they should go to 2020census.gov slash jobs. And I'm going to tell you, it feels like you're just putting your stuff into a black hole. You know, it's one of those robot kind of things. But I promise you, they are desperate for well-qualified, interesting, interested folks. And um, so please, if that's something that would interest you, that you really care about reaching your neighbors, and if you think, uh, particularly if you have extra language uh, capacity, right, in addition to English, um, they really need that. We've got to make sure we're counting everybody in the community. There, again, the citizenship question has a lot of people stirred up. I don't know how it will be resolved. Uh, At the federal level, um, the courts seem skeptical of having it, but the administration seems determined to have it. My feeling is whatever the decision, there are people who are going to be upset by that ultimate decision. We need them to understand that the Constitution wants us to count every human being that's in our country and for our community. So it's the baby was just born or somebody who's 100 and whatever years old who may not have their capacity, right, To but somebody can fill that out for them, right? We oh, need to know all the, all the human beings. My lovely dog, Bo, I don't get to count him. Right. Oh, come I on. know. Stella, you left out. But Sorry, it's Stella. but it's it's your household. It's not your family, right? This is private information. It's not about your taxes. It's not about you know this house is only supposed to have five people in it and you have seven people in it. That information is seriously locked down tight. Nobody can get the information. The census does distribute the information, but it's aggregated, right? It's not per your name. It doesn't go to the IRS. It doesn't go to the immigration folks. It doesn't. If the president wanted it, sorry, buddy, you really can't have it, right? And um, so it's it's safe. It's important. Uh, I want people to volunteer. I want people to get these good jobs. And if folks have any questions, you know, I'm you can reach me on Facebook, Wendy, the number four, Rome, on Facebook. Or also, that's my Gmail, Wendy4, again, the number four, Rome, at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach me in the city. If you go to the city website, you can get my city email address. All right. Sounds good. We'll keep an eye on that for you as well. I mean, again, that's all going on. Uh, really trying to warm it up right now. Uh, you talked about, though, there's some political, you know, politics, pros and cons involved in that. Let's make that our horrible segue of the episode here, and we'll segue into politics. Um, always something happening in the city of Rome and the city commission. What's happening on the city commission? Of course, we're coming off a meeting as, as we record this uh, last night. Somerville Park is out there. But more important, this year is different because six of your colleagues, you're in Ward 2, so you're exempt this time, but six of the nine city commissioners are up for election in November. Um, and you may have more inside. I've not heard anybody formally saying he or she is not running. I've heard a bunch say we're leaning that direction. As a commissioner who gets to sit out the election this year, so to speak, 
How does the campaign of 2019 look to you? Well, first of all, let, let's talk about the fact that, you know, I'm in the middle of my term, right? I was, uh, thank, thank you voters, reelected in 2017, right? So the three of us in Ward 2 oh, yeah. had the opportunity in 2017 to uh, be selected by the voters to serve. And then in 19, the other six are up. So we have three wards. Uh, folks don't really think about wards here because we all run citywide, right? But the wards are divided by the rivers. So you think about I, South and Old East Rome is Ward 2 where I live. So the rest of town <laughs> is up this year, right? So folks who live in any of those parts uh, could have the opportunity to run. So six of my colleagues, two groups of three, Ward 1 and Ward 3 are up for election this year. So it's like musical chairs. You have three sets of chairs over here, three sets of chairs over there, and all the candidates running are circling those three chairs or the other three chairs. And then folks can vote for up to three people in each ward, and the top three vote getters win. So I am expecting that we'll have competitive elections uh, in both wards, but you never know. Uh, in 2011, uh, two wards were up, six seats were up, and only six people qualified for office. Still mystified by that one. So... First they, time in my career. I've they can't. They canceled the election, right? I was doing some research in 2015 in Gwinnett County alone. There were seven cities that had no elections because there were no competitive races. People are not paying attention. So I went around saying we have to pay attention. This doesn't mean that those six people who got elected without an election doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. It says to me, our citizens are not connected with what the city government is doing enough for somebody to say, hey, I'd like to do that job because I have some good ideas for the community. So I'm hoping that we'll have competitive elections. I also wanted my election to be competitive. People don't believe that. They thought I wanted to skate back in. I wanted to earn my spot back. Sure. Um, so anyway, this year, that's what we have coming up. And the qualifying is the next to last week in August. And then uh, the election is in November. You would be shocked at how few people participate in that election. No, um, I, I've seen those numbers. And uh, so, as you know, so again, 2011 was my spark to get people. And I kept going around trying to find people to run in 13. And then they sort of turned the tables on me and said, if you care about so much, why don't you do it? And uh, Congratulations, took, me, yeah. took me on an exciting path <laughs> that I, I hadn't really anticipated. But since I've been elected, my biggest, most primary mission has been to connect people with our local government and get people involved and give them access, right? Nobody was keeping them out, right? There wasn't any, there weren't shenanigans going on. There weren't secret meetings going on, but they weren't welcomed in, yep. right? And my mission oh, has been yeah. to welcome people in. And that's why I've been so accessible on social media and try to be like, hey, spend your Monday night down at our meetings. That's why or I- Or at least watch it on the web. Or at least, and, yeah. I, and I got us that capacity where you could watch it and skip to the part you wanted to see. Right. I encouraged us. We stole that idea from another city. And then similarly, the My Rome app. Right. So you right from the convenience of your smartphone can tell us there's a pothole on your street. Because guess what? If nobody tells us, we don't know there's a pothole on your street yeah. to come fix it. No good point about that. And thank you for getting more folks involved. It is great. Um, I'm hearing what you're hearing. We may uh, I think we're going to see more people. Jumping into the race this year, I think we're going to see more folks. And the reason being, what's what has happened in our community, and again, you're a city commissioner, so here's Mr. Journalist on the outside. Um, 
but we've had you know the whole parking situation downtown. We've had the smoking situation downtown. We've had the teen curfew. We've had Tad's in development. Uh, right now, we're going through Somerville Park. I mean, I think uh, in one of the recent elections, the whole thing was to save uh, Burwell Creek and all. So I think we have issues this year that has trickled down to motivate people who have said enough of this or whatever it is, not condemning anybody in office. We're not trying to throw any incumbents under the bus, so don't take that point. But there's been enough, I think, special interests or special events to maybe get folks thinking that this may be the time I need to run. Right. Well, and and what is even more important to me is I want people to know that their voice matters, right? And that participating in this election is not something to leave to somebody else, right? You need to take this leadership role, right? If you have a friend, if you're mad about parking, right? Or if you're happy about parking, or if you have a better idea about parking, right? You think about running. Or if you've got a friend, you're like, gosh, every time she nails it, she thinks exactly what I think about the future of our community, get them to run. Or if you think there's a city commissioner who has stood up and set and voiced what you were thinking, make sure you're out there supporting them, right? I mean, there, it's. I am not trying to say we need to get rid of folks or anything like that. It's not that at all. I want healthy elections. I want the people to know that their voice matters yep. and, and the folks have to go to them with their record and uh, earn their spot back. I think, again, this is a perspective of Mr. Mr. Jader, journalist here, um, with the parking in particular issue downtown. And, you know, as you know, I don't make a habit of going to a lot of the meetings there. I mean, it's just more of a time issue for me, but I've been to a few of the caucus meetings especially. I think people may have seen through the parking process, pro or con, that their voice did matter. Yes. I think some of their presentations, especially in caucus, some of them got tearful. Yeah. Uh, some of them got, you know, basically saying, my whole life is built on this business. And if this change, that change, whatever else, you continue to drive people away from Broad Street, you are taking away my livelihood. I think people having that voice and seeing the commission react after those tearful whatever it is, I think folks kind of woke up and thought, hey, wait a minute, this is a government that we have a role in. Yes, and and that's what I want, right? Like, I want people to participate when they're not happy with what we're doing, but I want them to participate to bring us ideas too, yep. right? Like, it's a, it's a, we've got to all be in this together, and we've got to be thinking about the Rome we want 20 years down the road, 50 sure. years down the road, rather than just being reactive, right? Like, so if you're just mad about the smoking ban and you don't have any other big ideas about our community, maybe you're not the person who needs to run. Right? No good point. <laughs> because, and, and, and the folks on social media who are just negative, 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 that's part of reality, right? Like they, that's where we are in this world. But what we need is people who are can be thoughtful and have conversations and bring people together and understand the give and take. And you can say, well, you're mad about this. Well, I want you to stop and think about how would you do it better? No, good point. And, uh, and, and bring those ideas forward, whether you run or not. Well, if those who want to run, of course, you got to live in one of the two wards that are up for re-election. Again, we've got, we got six seats coming up here. Um, again, we've had some people say yes or no about running uh, for new term. Not no, no one's. I've heard no one say no yet. So I have some assumptions. I haven't. I haven't heard anyone say they're not running, but all six of them have not confirmed that they 
are running. Exactly, exactly. We got a few, a little up, oh, a month and a half to go before qualifying there. Yeah, I the think, dates are August 19th through the 23rd. I was just okay. looking that. All right, so that's, that when, that's when qualifying is going to be, so then we'll know who the candidates are. Uh, I, I'm like you. I don't think we're going to see a 2011 here. I think we're going to see some – I know we're going to see some contested races from people. At least, you know, people's minds will change. But a lot of the conversations we hear are from people who are thumb thinking about running whatever it is. So I look forward. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting city elections we've had in a while. As Wendy said, uh, her ward, Ward 2 – uh, will run in two years. Yes. And by the way, people, that's when the school board, the city school board, seven members, they run that thing. So, so six, one, six candidates, two years, and then two years later, you have nine candidates. No, three. Ten. Well, three well, city commissioners and seven, and seven school, school board members. So. so if you think vote for three is confusing in two different words, yeah. think about that city school board. You vote for up to seven people. And oh, so every year, for what it's worth, I do try to get my colleagues to uh, address what I think. I think our voting system is too complicated and cumbersome, and it's I confusing, it's confusing to yeah. voters. Yeah. I would like for us to change it. We can't change it. The legislature has to change it, but we have to ask agree to so. and ask them to do so. I haven't found enough people uh, agreeing with me uh, among the nine of us uh, to make that happen yet, but I'm going to keep saying it and I'm going to keep going out and trying to explain it to people as best I can so that it, it is less confusing. But we have city elections across the state. There are 538 cities. Um, I think like 450 or more are having elections this year. Uh, some of them do elect their entire body in one year. Most of them have four-year terms, right? But we hide them in these off years. So I guess so the, only the elite are participating. Um, that whole concept bothers me. Uh, the nicer way to say is so we don't get lost in the shuffle of electing a president or electing a governor or electing a senator. But I want people to be engaged and to be involved. Well, Even if that means in 2021 they come after me and they beat me, that will be a weird sort of I'll be happy about that, right? Because they were engaged, right? Yes, see, I, and they I, had I better ideas, and they got those ideas to the people. Um, I am not going to be a city commissioner the rest of my life. Y'all can count on that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love it, and I love and do, and I'm really enjoying it, and I feel like I'm uh, making some progress for our community and certainly doing what I really want to do is connecting people to local government. But if that means that the next Wendy comes along and unseats this Wendy, great. No, good for you. That's a nice way to look at it, too. I think a lot of folks, and, you know, we hear all, we hear all these people say, well, we need term limits. Folks, the term limit starts with the voter. And that's, you know, that's that's when that's where your term limit is. We decide who gets that seat. That's how you limit a term. Every, and thank you for trying to change that thing. I think what we do at City Commission is weird as well. I mean, I've lived here. I, don't, I live in the county. I don't have a vote, but, I mean, I do cover it, so I do get to watch it. Uh, I think it's a little strange there as well. And I've never understood why a community of – 35, 36,000 people has a nine-member city commission when we have, what, 64,000 in the rural unincorporated area with five county commissioners. Right. Maybe and, that makes sense to somebody else, but not to me. And um, similarly, the county and the city, both of those uh, bodies, the, those commissions select their leader. Right. The voters don't yeah. select their leader. And uh, I love that we have a city manager form of government. I want the person running the day to day operation of our city to be a professional who has those skills, yep. both about 
what city governments have to do and how to manage people and for that to be somebody who can be hired and fired. But you can elect a mayor and still have a city manager form of government. It happens a lot of places, and I think that's what people expect. Um, It's not how we do it. Again, I'll keep saying I'd like it to be different. It's uh, unfortunately not up to me. I'm one vote of nine. I am still hearing people whine about, not whine, whine about uh, when we switch from having a city commission chair to a mayor designation there because mayor was more of a declarative, more understandable to other other groups in in the state. Right. They didn't understand why you didn't have a mayor of Rome. So. Well, people don't understand why we have city commissioners instead of city council people. Um, so my little sassy way, when I introduce myself, I say, it's like city council, but we're trying to confuse people. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, again, people think about commissions as being the county leaders, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, whatever you call us, I'm delighted to serve. Well, and, thank you. Uh, and I appreciate... Um, uh, a lot of people being more engaged, whether it's because they got started that way because they were upset about something. I'm excited to see them being more attentive, you know, reading the article, if they read the paper, right? Reading those articles in the paper instead of skipping over them to get to You had my me until Braves. paper. I know. No, I'm kidding. And, I'm and kidding. listening no, no. to, you know, but I am all a big the different ways. Local newspapers and all, local media. All the different ways they're in, no, that folks are to. involved in staying engaged. I totally and, agree. Um, so that's what we need to do. So, I told, very last question. We'll go with that. We'll close on a very a question close to my heart. And with census and city commission to this, and you know, with the Rome News and WRGA and WLAQ or Home Done Adelaide and blah 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 blah, we're still not reaching fifty percent of the people in this community. How do we reach more people? Well, you just have to keep trying, right? It's it's like I tell people. I I coach a lot of people in campaigns, right? Because I've been doing it so long. You just have to find every tool in your toolbox and figure out how to use it as best you can, right? Yep, yep, you don't yep. have unlimited time. You don't have unlimited resources. So it's like, you know, people are like, well, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And why are you? It's it's like I'm trying to be self-promoting. And I know it seems that way, but really I'm trying to get information out to people, right? I'm trying no, all, no, every different I way I can to reach people and and to share these different messages and also to tell people they matter. We want them to be counted with a census. You know, we want them to be have their vote be their voice, right? To participate in all the elections that we have, and um, and to be a part of it. Come, to, I know some people are like, why would I want to do that? Come to caucus, right? Come to the meeting or watch the meetings on TV, right? Be an active participant in this community join one of the committees right if you're upset about what's going on at dda all of these meetings we have all these subcommittee meetings all these different meetings they're all open to the public the schedules at the roomfloyd.com you know website come if you're not sure just call me email me you know reach out i'm happy i want people participating if you care about historic preservation you don't have to be a voting member of the historic preservation commission to attend those meetings Right. None of these do you have to be a voting member of. Come participate. Be there. No. Good point about that. And with that, Ms. Davis, we will close it out. No, I want you to close out. I'm going to ask you to say something you always said to me in other venues here about being a Democrat. Yes. I'm first of all a Democrat with a little D. Thank you very much. Right. I, I think want, that's something everybody's w- got to remember. I want um, I want our democracy to work and our democracy works best 
when the people of every stripe, right? Young, old, black, white, purple, polka dotted, right? Everything in between the rich and the people who are barely making it. We're all a part of this community that our democracy depends on people stepping up and doing their part. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you very much, Miss Wendy Davis. We appreciate that. We'll talk to you down the road for sure. Want to thank you for your time today. Want to thank Todd for his help as well over here at Brand Red. This is the Hometown Headlines podcast.